This is 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. Brought to you by RCR Wireless News and Telecom Careers. Connect at CarrieCharles.com. And now, here's Carrie Charles. Today, we're going to talk about a subject that is clouded in uncertainty right now the future. Thanks for joining me on 5G Talent Talk. This is Carrie Charles, and I am thrilled to have with me today Adam Zuckerman. He is a subject matter expert focused on the impact and implementation of future-facing technologies and the fourth industrial revolution. He's an entrepreneur, an attorney, an MBA. He currently leads international development at the Energy Impact Center in Washington, D.C. It's a research institute focused on drastically reducing the cost of nuclear energy. He's a 2018 fellow and spent time in China studying blockchain, AI, and the future of work. And he's an adjunct professor teaching innovation strategy at the University of Maryland. Adam, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, it's wonderful to be here. So, so Adam... Let's talk a little bit about the fourth industrial revolution. I mean, we hear that everywhere all the time, or at least I do. Um, what does this mean, and how is this going to impact you and I? Yeah, that's a, a fantastic question. And, and for the listeners out there, I'm sure you're familiar with the first three revolutions, the first being mechanization and steam power, water power. The second is mass production and electricity. The third is computers, essentially, and automation. And we're now entering this fourth revolution, which is emerging of physical and biological systems. So it's the next step in how society will function, will interact with each other. And there's a fair amount of really interesting things coming down the pipe as a result. No, that sounds exciting. I can't wait. Um, what are your thoughts on the future of 5G? I mean, we have obviously a, a need for connectivity, especially now more than ever. Is, is our race to 5G slowing? Are we still st full steam ahead, even with, with COVID-19? Any roadblocks that you see ahead in the coming years? <laughs> How much time do we have? No, I'll, I'll give you a, a very straightforward answer that is you're unique just like everybody else. And the 5G race is unique just like everybody else in the sense that when you look at it from a high level perspective, you're comparing it on a national to national level. So is China versus the United States? But you also have to look deeper of on a state basis. How is Montana doing compared to Maryland? And then within that, how are the local jurisdictions looking at things? And within the local jurisdictions, then you get to look at how are individual entities like a hospital system using it? So whereas some entities may be more progressive than others, the question is the context of the overall conversation. What I can say is that 5G will drastically transform how business is done, how we live our lives. It will be advantageous, especially in the fourth industrial revolution. And the reason why this is so important boils down to one word, and it's an easy word to remember, and that's data. Data is king or queen. Yeah. I'll say queen. If you think about it, in the two years leading up to 2013, there was more data created than in the history of the world up to that point. And since then, it's only been exponential. And as that exponential rate continues to increase, we need to be able to shift that data around faster and more efficiently. And when that happens, you open up industry. In China, there's an old saying, if you want to help the economy, you start with the roads. Essentially, 5G is the modern road. So that sounds exciting. Let's look at Post-COVID-19, what do we need to consider and what shifts do we need to expect now? 
Oh, wow. So there, there's a lot to consider. And anybody that's out there that says this is exactly how things are going to play out are selling snake oil and you shouldn't you shouldn't listen to them. There's a bunch of predictions that you can make, and hopefully those predictions are based in stats, logic, and, and experience. But nobody really knows yet how it's going to change. What we do know is that there are shifts that are going on right now, de-densification of some areas. There are shifts in work patterns of where people are working from and what the requirements for that are. I mean, how many times have you been on a call with someone that's a Zoom call lately and suddenly a child walks into the bedroom or in the kitchen or the internet goes a little bit static? And that just goes to show that we need to think about what the broadband policy is for the country, how people are accessing. Um, the shift is going to be real and we're not going to see how it plays out until two, five, ten years from now down the pipe. What does the future of work look like? Obviously, you know, there has been a massive shift to remote. Mm -hmm. Is that going to continue? Are people going to get back in the office? I mean, and, and let's go a little deeper. What, you know, you've studied the future of work. What does that look like for us now? Yeah. So if you asked me this question six, 10 months ago, oftentimes the response would be, well, it depends on your organization. Some are more progressive and are letting people work remote. Digital nomads are, are happening. And companies are progressively moving in an incremental fashion towards bring your own device, which then lets you work anywhere, which lets you work from home. And now we find ourselves being forced to work from home. We want to get back to what people are saying is normal, but the reality is there is no normal anymore. The new normal is what we're working towards, where it'll be flexible work environments, where we're going to have de-densification of office space, where fewer people will be working in an office, or they may be even time shifting. So you're coming in on Monday and Tuesday, and the next group of people come on on Wednesday and Thursday. There's internal office dynamics to be considered. So do we have automatic UV robots rolling around sterilizing things at night? Uh, do we have to reconfigure the elevator configurations? And the reason why is you might not be able to have eight people in an elevator. So how are you going to move 3,000 people through a building? Companies may shift out and provide pods for people to work from at their home. So once you're an employee, we're going to drop something off in your backyard if you have room. And at the end of your employment, guess what? We're going to come and pick it up. There's a lot of things that are going to be shifted. A lot of things are unknown. Uh, some people say that the real estate rates are going to have problems and that companies are going to go out of business or they're going to shift what their density requirements are. But then there's an alternative thought process that says, well, there actually won't be a reduction in space because while some companies are leaving, other companies that are staying are going to have to expand their footprints. So there's really a lot to be considered. So what are some unintended consequences, things that we're really not thinking about right now that we need to be thinking about? Oh, unintended consequences are one of my favorite things. And to give an example, let's talk about autonomous driving. So if we hit stage four, stage five of autonomy, the, the questions that people are talking about and the answers that people are looking for is how many accidents are going to be avoided? And some stats say as many as 90% of car accidents are going to be avoided. If that happens, there could be a shortage in organ donations for transplants because the vast majority of organs come from car accident victims. It's a good problem to have. So we have to start thinking about how is the fourth industrial revolution and how is COVID going to impact how business is done in the future? And that's really something that's, that's an amazing concept to consider. We need to think of how people are going to interact. Are we just replicating the work environment? So now we say we're gonna have a Zoom call on our computer and everybody gets around their computer and we're trying to just replicate what we did in the office. The better question is, now that people are working at home, now that we have a newfound ability to be a little bit more flexible in how we're interacting with each other, are we going to be able to shift 
from a butts in seat mentality in the office instead to a production mentality and metric. And when that happens, if you're most productive at three o'clock in the morning, guess what? You might be able to work at three o'clock in the morning. How do we start reevaluating for what's most positive for us in society and the company instead of just business as usual? So I'm a business leader. Mm-hmm. And I need to to start living in this new normal, whatever that looks like. Obviously, there's a lot of unknowns present. I mean, what advice would you give to me as a business leader to operate in the in this new world post COVID in you know five G telecom technology? The the first thing is that relationships are more important than ever, and you have to leverage technology to figure out which relationships you want to double down on and which relationships you go. You know what? If I could see somebody that's nice, but it's really not that important. We're shifting from a society right now where we had mass gatherings. It was great to go to events and networking events, if you want to call them networking events, and meet as many people as possible. Oftentimes, you'd look at the stack of business cards and go, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I can follow up. But now what's going to happen is if you don't have those opportunities to actually build those one-to-one relationships, you're going to double down on the relationships that truly matter, and technology is going to help us do that. So you can start utilizing SaaS tools that track, that optimize. Bots are going to come into play even more. We're going to be starting to consider sentiment analysis and things of that nature in ways that we haven't before. But at the same point in time, we also have to consider privacy concerns. So this week, IBM, for example, announced they were no longer going to support facial recognition features. And that's a really important thing to understand. And the reason why is not necessarily what people think of, hey, who is this person? But there's facial recognition out there and sentiment analysis that you can layer on a program. For example, one's called Real Eyes It, Real Eyes from London. And they can watch commercials and gauge how people are reacting, positive, negative, and you can focus group test. So how do we then utilize new technologies to replicate what we may have been doing in person in a way that adheres to our norms and expectations in the society that you're in? And what I mean by the society that you're in, Western values are very different from Eastern values in some ways. So you have to conform to those local norms. It's a a lot to unravel. Wow. No, this is, this is exciting. I have one more question on the other side then. So I'm an employee and you know, I'm, I'm working, potentially open to new opportunities. You know, mm-hmm. how does this new normal, this new world affect me mm-hmm. as the employee? Fantastic, fantastic question. So let's take teaching and education system for an example. If students are no longer going to the classrooms like they were, it then opens up the possibility for a teacher that lives in Iowa to be teaching students in New York. It closes that gap. It makes it so teachers can make one salary in one place, teach somewhere completely different, and we can actually bring the country closer together because people are exposed to more people. So it's a positive implication. 5G specifically, when you have low latency, high bandwidth, it enables people to shift how and where they're working. And when you start thinking about all of the different things that that pops off, you can realize, hey, wait a minute, now I can do my job from anywhere. You don't have to be tied to a high dense in-person location. Through COVID, we all feel like that it's it's made us farther apart. Mm-hmm. And what you just said, that it's bringing people closer together through connectivity. And it's going to go even farther beyond that. So right now we're both speaking English. If I spoke Mandarin, if I spoke Cantonese, if I spoke any of the other languages in the, in the world, 5G will enable us to have real-time translations with zero lag, assuming that the fog or cloud computing can handle it, which it can. 
It can reduce social bias. It can reduce a whole host of other things with changing people's voices, with fogging people's faces for imagery for, for interviews, for example. So you take out some of the biases that may be inherent, unknown, unthought of, but can have really cool positive implications for society. More diversity, less bias. That's actually mm -hmm. the goal that we're all going for right now. Mm -hmm. What are some silver linings, some more silver linings all from right. this pandemic? With, with change comes opportunity. Um, 5G is not an inexpensive and easy system to deploy. Uh, I imagine that the people that are listening to this are very familiar with the distance requirements and 5G doesn't go through walls like traditional you know, cell towers can do. Um, and that requires physical building. That means that there is a potential for one of the largest national work programs to pop up if it's supported by the right entities, where we're actually getting people out in the streets working and doing things. And the great thing about that is it's outside work primarily. So it eliminates and avoids many of the, the restrictions that a pandemic social distancing actually requires. So the question then is, not only is 5G helping other businesses operate, but it's also creating jobs to help people put the system in place. So Adam, this has been fantastic. I, I, where can people reach you? AdamZuckerman.com, uh, Twitter, Adam Z. I, I'm all over the internet. Hopefully it shouldn't be too hard to track me down. That's great, Adam. Thank you so much for being my guest today on 5G Talent Talk. Hey, Carrie, thanks for having me. It's fun time. And thank you for listening today. 5G Talent Talk is brought to you by RCR Wireless News, Telecom Careers, and Broad Staff Talent Solutions. As usual, let's connect on CarrieCharles.com and I will meet you on the next episode. You've been listening to 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. Brought to you by RCR Wireless News and Telecom Careers. Connect with Carrie at CarrieCharles.com. <laughs>